0: Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is... This is the Computer Resume podcast about Star Trek. (laughs) If you like nerdy things, you're in the right place. And this is the show! Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Today, we have our first ever repeat guest. It's Mr. Justin Bishop! Yay! Bishop. oh my god, it's Justin Bishop. <laughs> What's going on, man? Thanks for Yeah, it's I feel like it's been uh like I don't know, 5 seconds since we talked last.
1: It's been several <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so uh Justin was very kind to uh come back this week to discuss another episode. Um yeah, we're recording back to back. Hopefully you guys had a chance to catch his first episode, which was uh last week where we talked about fight or flight. But um anything going on since we last talked Justin?
1: well i refilled my coffee cup
0: refilled okay that's good that's
1: good refill my coffee cup
0: so i'm getting energized nice hey there's 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 some garbage yeah that's good hey um i'll ask you because i asked gary when he came on for the pilot did your wife bunny uh watch this with you no have any she have any interest in star trek
1: um she likes star trek okay I don't know that how how much interest she has in it. I mean she's not against it. I don't know that she ever really got into it. I know th- I mean she's watched all the like the J.J. Abrams movies with me and stuff, but mm. I don't know that she really was ever particularly into the TV series or anything. She's watched a little bit of it on her own, I think. I think she got on a kick where she thought she was going to watch it all on Netflix and then just never did. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but she's watched. I mean, she's watched it with me. She knows that I love it, especially Next Generation, like we talked about mm. last week. And she's seen some of the older movies, I believe. But I would not call her a, a Trekkie.
0: Nor would I call her a trekker. Ah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, because cats um, begrudgingly watched the first. Let's see. I guess I'm on probably episode uh, six or seven at this point. But yeah, she's over it, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's real <laughs> over it. She was over it uh, during Broken Bow. So um, I feel like for Enterprise, that's love. that's love, folks.
1: <laughs> I feel like for Enterprise, honestly, you have to like really be a devoted Trek fan. Yeah, and because I think the characters are not in this i might be getting ahead of ourselves but the characters are not as immediately lovable as yeah in some of the other series
0: they definitely have room for personal growth of the folks that are on this ship i think archer you know it was his dad's ship so he definitely wants to be there trips and engineers so you mean dollar store mccoy yeah <laughs> Yeah, as I was referring to him with group of friends, I re- refer I'm referring to him as hee-haw. Anytime he's not interested in being in the engine, I'm like, "You're an engineer. Go back to yeah. engineering."
1: <laughs> literally, it is literally in the name be, of your job title. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but I think <laughs> it's right there. So, Archie Jordy never complained.
0: That's right,
1: Jordy. Scotty never complained. Never
0: complained. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other person that's really down for this voyage. Is Travis Mayweather, you know, born and raised in space? So, right, right, you you get it from him. He's the pilot, of course, he wants to fly the starship. A lot of these folks, everyone else
1: is begrudgingly just like,
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I guess we'll go.
1: She's like, like, As long as I don't have to, how long is this mission?
0: (laughs) Three years, (laughs) yeah. How long is their mission? I think, have they even said, I don't think they've specifically said it was kind of, cause
1: they just kind of left. Yeah. They're just,
0: <laughs> so the we thing. got
1: In the first the episode. Generation. They just kind of like, we're, we're going, we're just yeah. going, everybody <laughs> got your bags packed. We're out of here. They're like, and well, it's like
0: we've come this far. Let's, I think I even like, said where are, then, are you
1: going? <laughs> Like in the even in the last episode, they like they never had a destination. It was like, well, we've been going at warp five for three days, and that way. uh, <laughs> we haven't come across anyone. It was like, yeah, that's because you're in space, yeah. Like, if you don't have a destination, you're just aimlessly flying around space, hoping you run into somebody, yeah. Just poking. And even like, the Vulcan lady says something like, I think it's in the last week's episode, like, one out of every 43,000 planets is inhabitable, like. You're not just going to run into somebody. It's like, yeah, y'all should have thought about that.
0: Yeah, not every planet <laughs> is an M-class planet.
1: I <laughs> should have thought about that.
0: Oh god, yeah, I feel like Reed. Reed's just waiting to blow something up you know which one's you, reed i'm uh, still learning
1: their names reed is the, the, uh, british? the british yeah the, the british, british
0: guy uh, tactician the uh yeah. security munitions okay. officer yeah 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 but yeah it's it seems like there's a lot of room for personal growth amongst the crew and yeah. who better to lead them than sam you know? sam you know you, he's had a lot of lives oh boy a yeah. lot of experiences <laughs> Well, uh, without further ado, let's uh let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler, alert. Spoiler, alert. Spoiler, alert. Just when you thought it was safe to go back outside. The first planet they explore looks like home. I almost forgot what fresh air smells like. But what they discover Who is that? Is like nothing on Earth. Commander, there! Some kind of life form down here! enterprise when in outer space be sure to visit m-class planets with breathable atmospheres picturesque views and possibly poisonous plant life visit m-class planets today for the low low cost of your sanity and the trust of your shipmates so Archer's like, sounds great, let's go. Archer orders a space bus to be prepared for an away mission. Porthos hops out, like, I'm gonna pee on all this stuff. It's my favorite thing. After a stroll through the park, Paul, Tucker, and Travis are like, Dad, can we camp overnight? And Archer's like, finally, some peace and quiet on the ship. Sure, you kids can stay as long as you like. Crewman Cutler and Anova Kovich stick around too so they can study nocturnal life. Wow, wow, wow. Archer and Reed bounce, so a storm kicks up. So Tucker suggests that the landing party use the cave that Tapal discovered earlier for shelter. Travis is like, oh man, I left my oatmeal cream pies back at the campsite. When he gets back, it's like, Paul's like, my Texas instrument says nuh-uh. In the cave, Cutler and Novakovich start tripping out. Tucker calls Archer and is like, I'm freaking out, man. Tapal's like, give me a gun. I'll find him. While she's gone, the crew of the SS Hyazakite as a kite start talking like what if she's one of them man Archer and Reed are like let's go pick up the kids but they can't land until the storm dies down Novakovich gets beamed up looking like Swamp Thing and Doc Phlox finds he's tripping balls Meanwhile. back on the planet trips getting worse and Tapal's feeling it too but quick draw T'Pol stuns Tucker and gives him the medicine Phlox gave to Reed to beam down the next morning everyone's fine because they wait for
1: all this to blow over
0: so what'd you think? <laughs> Well la-
1: last week so last week I said that Hoshi was my favorite yeah. character um turns out Porthos is my favorite character. <laughs> I didn't it's know there was a beagle on the show that's not- simple
0: motivations you know if you hey, got cheese a,
1: I love I love down. a beagle I love a beagle <laughs> and I love dogs in general beagles are particularly fun cuz they're they're dumb and smart at the same time they're super cute yeah Snoopy's a beagle that's uh, true So, yes, uh, Porthos is the highlight of this episode.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're not wrong, sir. You are not wrong. (laughs) No.
1: He's he's great. He's great. uh, He's a great dog.
0: I got to say, in terms of dogs, I will never forget sitting with you at Birds Fly South, a local bar here in Greenville, where a brewery, rather. They have uh, some movie nights, and we were sitting there, and you had your at that time, new puppy Banjo and you stood him up like a person. And then you just leaned over to me and went, look at his dumb face. (laughs) (laughs) And he does have a dumb face. He definitely reminds me of a Muppet. Like he just kind of floppy and, and super fuzzy, but uh, you have three dogs total. You've got Bruno, Bruno Banjo and. Lulu, Lulu. I can't. I wanted to say like Bella, and I was like, that's not correct.
1: Yeah, three dogs, two Yorkies, and a banjo.
0: (laughs) Two Yorkies and a banjo.
1: (laughs) Today's Bruno's 14th birthday. Hey, as we're, were, I know this will come out in a couple weeks, and but still, as of today, today's his 14th birthday.
0: Yeah, I've got. uh I think if folks listen to the uh, to the introductions episode of this podcast, you might hear a few instances of my dog, my son Max, tiptoeing around the office. Here, he's a uh, very friendly, but gives very oppressive love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're his best friend, he really wants you to know that you're his best friend. <laughs> Let me ask you: Did you, as a kid, do much camping? I, I you, and your family seem like definitely more outdoorsy than the davises did you guys do get any camping
1: i've never camped a day in my life
0: seriously never ever never.
1: not even like <laughs> backyard
0: stuff did you ever nope, backyard? Never.
1: no never never had a tent i mean i've stayed on campgrounds where there were like cabins mm-hmm. but i have never slept in a tent in my life
0: really oh yeah. i think cinema shock might have to do like a weekend getaway
1: yeah. I mean, I'll I'm, sit by I'm the not fire necessarily
0: hard. opposed to it, but <laughs> I like
1: the comfort of the indoors. I like to have my internet. I like to have air conditioning and heat. Ah, yes. <laughs>
0: I like I'm to have very, running water. My wife and I have self-admitted indoor kids, like from the word yeah. go. So yeah, I, we didn't do much camping and Walt Davis, he's not one for suffering fools, um, especially on a campsite. Yeah. <laughs> the the which is shocking from a Vietnam veteran. Um he
1: slept outside enough and not.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, why would I do that now when oh. I don't have to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. oh my god, yeah. He was not about camping at all. Not yeah, I East. just my
1: my my parents were never really into that. And uh I have to the tents that they are camping in on this planet. Was there a name of the planet given? They don't really know where they are, so I don't know. I
0: I think they focus on it being an M-class planet, but never. Well, I guess if it's not
1: not mapped out, I guess there's no name for it. So what century are we in? 22nd? The 22nd century, yes. Why do their tents look like the same things I can go get (laughs) at Dick's Sporting Goods right now? Tent technology <laughs> should have improved. Yeah. There's between now and then.
0: I always think of like the tents from X Men United, where That's like the third one, the second or the yeah, where the they're on the run from somebody, uh, typical X Men plot line. They plug up a, a little hose to it and it inflates the support. Yeah. That would air. make more sense. Right. Yeah. That was actually pretty cool. Although,
1: yeah, or, or in Harry Potter, where it's just enormous on the inside. Right. Oh, I mean, man. that's Doctor Who technology. That's not Star Trek no- technology. Very but, much. You know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> so we see the crew suffer quote unquote, suffer. Yeah, they suffer from hallucinations brought on yeah. by plant life. Pollen. Have, have a
1: hell of an allergic reaction.
0: Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> suffered hallucinations?
1: Are you asking if I'm ever taking psychotronic drugs? <laughs> Psychotropic drugs. Psychotropic, me, psychotropic drugs. drugs. Have you ever have um, you ever
0: hallucinated anything, Justin?
1: Oh no, I haven't. No, no, no. But, well, not to my knowledge. I could be hallucinating <laughs> right now.
0: Maybe. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> all is? life technically a hallucination?
1: I mean, I could be living within a computer simulation right now, and you're just a bunch of ones and zeros That's in front true. of me. That's I don't true. know. That's what the Matrix told me. I
0: think the closest I've gotten is. Uh, My wife has a neurological condition. We won't get into it. I'll let her discuss that at length, but um, needless to say, it causes her a lot of headaches. So conventional medicine um, more often than not doesn't work so well. So she has to turn to other uh, pharmaceuticals. We'll say there's been times where I've been, I've been in a position where it has not cost me anything to partake with her. Um,
1: Join her on that magic carpet ride. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to tread lightly here, <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you, having not, I, we we come from similar backgrounds. Heav- uh, both of our families heavily involved uh, in the religious communities here, and um, it was never really on my radar that sort of thing. Yeah. So when I first tried it in my early 30s. I sat down, I was like, you know, what do you folks do when they do this? Uh, they watch cartoons, right? So I laid down to watch cartoons and didn't really feel much of anything. My wife took the dose that she thought she needed. And in my head, I had a smaller dose that I thought, okay, this is a, a good amount to try, which was half of what she wound up taking. But when she told me how much she was taking, Uh, the, my thought process changed to, well, I'm bigger than you, so I'll take, (laughs) I'll take the same amount that you, that you take. It made me walk like a baby deer is the best way I can describe it. (laughs) Just like, I'm not sure where the floor begins ends or it's level. So I'm just going to lift my leg as high as I can. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's not
1: quite a hallucination. Though. Yeah, that's it's just, yeah, you're disoriented. Yeah, it's, more, it's more of rock a disorientation crawling I, out of your wall.
0: There was another time where, and the, the closest thing I can re- uh also relate is sort of when you're coming out of that dream state where mm-hmm. you're not sure if what you experienced was real or not. The and only
1: I, thing I, I can I, think I, is I, that after having a uh a brownie. Uh, just a regular brownie don't worry about
0: it just a regular brownie that's all it is lots <laughs> um, of sugar lots of sugar had,
1: there was um, <laughs> nuts chocolate flour yep. there you go among other things yeah i do remember i would never uh, uh, there are there's no hallucination it's not psychotropic at all but i do remember thinking and not knowing if i was thinking or talking out loud <laughs> 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 yeah. I think I was thinking oh, the whole time. I'm not great. entirely sure, but I remember the whole time going, am I saying this? Am I just <laughs> thinking this? Am I, is it my
0: mouth moving? <laughs> I um I do a joke in my act about well, it, it say it's a joke. It's more of a one-liner just to sort of break, you know, break the tension, especially if I'm the first one up. And the the one-liner is there is such a thing as too high for Dr. Who. <laughs> and I once again participating with my wife in some of her medicinal uh, indulgence. She took one. I took three. I started to doubt whether the British accent was a real thing. They were ta- they were talking. It was Matt Smith Doctor Who and I at one point all I could do was just just using my hands like to try to push to push the air to push the tv away just well and matt um, smith is the weirdest
1: looking like he looks like a hallucination he kind of looks like
0: a hallucination anyway looks like
1: odo let's be honest
0: yeah he does oh my god he (laughs) does so during that i was laying on the couch and from what my wife has told me i could not stop moving my legs they just kept (laughs) curling in and out up and down uh, around on each other and then my dog max very sweet very loving came up to see what was wrong with daddy and when he did it was like i had seen a miracle and <laughs> I, all i did was just open my mouth and slowly breathe out my excitement of just
1: <laughs> I, that's all I mean, I that's my do. general reaction to dogs actually. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Never had anything. I think the only other thing that I think I've experienced is probably when I had my wisdom teeth out and, you know, they give you the gas and everything. And unfortunately, like for listeners who haven't seen me, I'm a fairly hefty guy. While I was under, apparently I started to choke. I also have sleep apnea. So that's not a surprise, but when I started to choke, they actually had to wake me up and I woke up to the dentist's knee on my chest and a hammer and chisel
1: oh, <laughs> in Jesus. my
0: mouth. Oh. And, and he starts chiseling it. And I look up and go, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. um, But yeah, that, yeah, I've never really had any experiences like this, but Gosh, when you're, when you're so convinced of something, I can think of one more experience and it's just, it, I started talking about the dream state and I remember, and it's one of the stories my wife and I tell of just, you know, couples, when you're together for a long time, you accumulate these weird stories. I remember my wife got out of bed and it was enough to stir me awake. And I had a quick reaction, a quick wake, a quick inhalation of just where's everybody going? And she very smartly looked at me and said, who? I said, you, Danny Glover. (laughs) And and I couldn't remember. And I just went, that other black lady? And I couldn't, (laughs) she was like, so not the one black lady, the other black lady. And you know, I was just like, yeah. And, she, and once I finally came out of it, she was like, you've got to tell me what was happening in our bed. <laughs> and I, I had the hardest time convincing her <laughs> because it sounds so ridiculous. We weren't doing anything sexual. We were hanging out like the grandparents of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in the world. When you're convinced in your head of you know something's going on you won't be deterred much like the crew of the enterprise was yeah uh, for this man
1: episode. this episode i um these characters are not very likable i'm gonna go ahead yeah. and say um tucker yeah he is he has not been likable in any of these episodes so far to me yeah. but in this one you're real and i know he was you're supposed to be seeing him as he's under the influence of this pollen or whatever but still it's kind of like that's his true nature coming out and like oh, the guy's kind of a dick
0: yeah right yeah, like that, he's, he's that southern that southern charm is not shining through so. no
1: i am <laughs> not a fan of that character at all like he's very one note to me yeah. and I it's I think it's part partly writing and honestly partly performance to me. I just don't he just plays him as pure like aggression the whole time and I, yeah. I really don't like it no. and the the Vulcan lady to Paul is that her name to yeah, Paul Yeah, to Paul She's also not likable, but she's sort of not supposed to be at this point. She's sort of antagonistic to the captain anyway, and to everyone else. She's because she's a Vulcan and, you know, right? they're, they're difficult. And <laughs> I,
0: yeah. And I think at this point with the characters not being... So easy to latch onto and identify with. It makes it hard to really, you know, latch on and enjoy. But well, you I, haven't I been given
1: like, any experiences where you like that character yet, right? To where it, it feels like if this episode had come two thirds into the season where you've learned to like Tucker and then all of a sudden he's, he's acting like this, it's more believable, but coming this early on when he was also sort of aggressive in the previous two episodes, you're just like, Oh, this guy's just a jerk. Well, he's a jerk about wanting to go on the planet. Like we joked about last episode, you know, he's an engineer and he's complaining that he's has to stay in engineering. It's like, well, that's your job, man. (laughs) Yeah
0: what do you think? Yeah. And looking at this, I think, you know, it kind of expands a little bit on the tensions and paranoia between humans and Vulcans, but with them being under this hallucinogenic pollen, I don't think we're getting a real true sense of the crew's thoughts and feelings about that whole situation. Cause I mean, as soon as they come out of it, they're, they're, they're fine. monkey Yeah. Well, and that, that's
1: another thing to me. That's a little weird is that you're introduced to two new characters, Cutler and Nova who mm-hmm. essentially are red shirts or they seem like they're going to be. Yeah. And they're a pretty big focus of this episode, considering that we've not seen their faces before at all.
0: Yeah, you know, to use the term lower decks, you know, we get somebody, you know, not of the main cast coming up and they get assigned an away team mission. And, uh, yeah, and to get- ha-
1: have that happen so early in the series where viewers are still trying to learn who the characters are. Cause I even I would like, I'd watch the pilot and then I watched last week's episode and this episode back to back. And I'm like, were these guys here before and I just missed it? Like, who are these guys? Why are (laughs) they here? And it's not like they're just, I mean, they're minor characters, but they're major in the plot of this episode. Right. And it's just really weird. And the one thing I like about this episode that I thought was interesting was the idea that they haven't gotten the transporter figured out yet because mm-hmm. um, the one guy comes back with like leaves in him or something,
0: right? Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> yeah, and that's... My wife was like, well, why don't they just beam them out of there? And I was just like, because honestly, that's not what the transporter is for at this point.
1: It's-, it's not made for organic material yet.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so when they beam him up and he's got leaves and sticks sticking out of him. You're like, oh my god. oh that. Must, yeah, apparently that guy was that supposed painful. to
1: die in yeah. the original script and Scott Bakula talked them into letting him live because they're like, he said something like the crew should have time to grieve over their crew member loss. I'm like, Scott Bakula, have you never watched Star Trek? <laughs> like, people die and then we get on with our lives.
0: Yeah, and to be <laughs> honest, I think that would have been a really great move. You know, I know we talked a little bit about Battlestar Galactica last episode in that first mini series to to open the show a mass funeral but it's also kind of their rallying point that's the yeah. whole uh, so say we all scene right. and um, think
1: enterprise well, that show is all about used... loss
0: true I think this would have been a nice wake up call of like hey it's not going to be all sunshine and roses this exploring space you know Bones McCoy is all about deep and dark disease and silence and death yeah. And so on. There needs to be a wake up call of that, of like, hey, it's, we're going to, we're going to face some stuff that's going to be not so pretty. And unfortunately, we just lost somebody. You know, there may be more to come. So we need to sort of batten down the hatches and really take this seriously. And I think that might have been a little bit of a much needed sobering element that unfortunately was not taken advantage of in terms of uh, the writing and production of this. But they did, I checked my phone, they didn't call. So. here we are with this episode
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know this episode just felt like it's a very stereotypical star trek episode to me yeah go down on a planet which i know happens all the time during star trek that's part of what
0: star trek is that's all
1: mostly what the original series was go down on a planet something some bad Uh, goes down and you know
0: (laughs) right yeah absolutely well i mean and to be honest this is the part where i mean i know we You know, we shoveled a lot of hate on Tucker, but this is the first episode where I've had a couple of eyebrow raising moments at Jonathan Archer and things he's said and things he's done. But when they pull up to this planet and they're like, Hey, it's M class, it's got a breathable atmosphere, to Paul's the one who's like, Hey, there's like a week's worth of surveying and tests we need to do before we send a crew down. And then
1: he's like, Nope, let's just Leroy Jenkins our way down to that planet. (laughs) and see if anything bad happens
0: yeah oh my gosh yeah he totally just yeah let's just ignore protocol time's up
1: let's do this yeah
0: exactly and it it's the one thing that makes me think like kirk wouldn't have done that picard no. most
1: certainly would not have done that definitely um, would not have
0: but i mean this is i mean i get that this that
1: they're trying to show the growing pains that's what the series seems to be kind of about the growing yeah. pains of creating the uh, of, of starfleet but Mm, there's a good reason we have certain
0: protocols (laughs) exactly and you see what happened for this reason and i think that would have been i think that would have been an interesting turn for archer to realize to paul was right had i had i listened had we studied these are
1: the consequences of yeah your actions yeah Yeah. like slow down cowboy yeah exactly tucker tucker is the (laughs) cowboy oh Um, yeah Jeez, but th- the thing with him, and and I, I kind of made this. I called him Dollar Store McCoy <laughs> earlier, but it's I do feel like the crew of Enterprise is very much like. All right, we gotta tick these boxes because this is a Star Trek crew. So this sure. is your McCoy. You've got a first mate that's a, a Vulcan. You've got your one alien guy with the with the, the weird head. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. You got the black guy. You got the you got the, the European guy. Like, like, you know, exactly. it's like, and yes, they're not necessarily all in the same roles. the Vulcan is, but there are there are some are not necessarily in the same roles. Yeah. But it's like it's like they had a checklist of crew members they had to to tick off, and yeah, they got and they got the the Vulcan and the the lady in one character, so they got but right two checks, two birds with one stone there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you look at if you know so, some of the more hardcore Star Trek fans might know that. Um, Way back when Star Trek used to take quote unquote fan submissions. Now there's a lot of caveats to that, but if you do a little bit of research, you'll come across I found an article from Wired Magazine where they sent someone to basically do a breakdown of uh, Star Trek Voyager, but they ended up doing a little bit with the writers and talking about the formula for how to write for Star Trek. And it seems like they did tick the boxes of, you know, we got to have this, this, and this, and this to, you know, to really make it quote unquote, Star Trek. And I think, unfortunately, they didn't take this opportunity to sort of break away from that. We're getting to see the genesis of a lot of things. We're going to get to see the genesis of the red alert and the universal translator, what, like we talked about last week. But at the end of the day, it's Patton Oswalt's argument against episode one, of the star right. wars universe i don't care to see him as a little kid i just love the i don't want to see love. John Boyd's <laughs> suck. right <laughs> all that to say like i guess you I think, have to know that
1: pat oswald joke to know yeah, why i said that.
0: <laughs> yeah, go, go search <laughs> go search for john voids suck <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, google it <laughs> google it it's fun no but i think they had an opportunity to really break the mold and i think they decided to play it safe which I know goes against everything that we were just talking about, playing it safe versus taking risks. But in terms of an artistic endeavor with a, with a well-established yeah. franchise like Star Trek, When you get those opportunities to create something new and expand that universe, take that opportunity. Don't don't just settle into stuff that's been done before just because that's what's been done before. Break tradition. Go and do your own thing. Because
1: you've got an established brand. You can do that. And and I have not watched it, but from what I understand, Discovery has kind of taken that initiative and yeah done something uh more a little more daring within the universe of star trek
0: yeah absolutely i think you know i've had discussions with my wife and gary of course about how structurally different how discovery is and how discovery has been you know so open to plot points and bleeding over into story elements of this idea of acceptance and breaking molds and breaking away from things that Breaking the conventions and, you know, trying to to set up something new. I mean, and it is to use the pun here, but it is a journey of discovery, not just the name of the ship, but within ourselves and our interactions with other people and discovery has been great. I'm really excited to see what they do next. So we don't have a lot of stats to crack off of for this particular episode, other than uh, it was written uh, here once again by uh, Berman and Braga uh, and directed by David Livingston. Who's
1: a uh, who's a like a Star Trek legend.
0: Yeah, Star Trek legend. <laughs> you know, he's got uh, quite a few credits to his name, but just pulling
1: 62, up, 62 episodes.
0: Yeah. So he's he's. He's well-versed in the Star Trek universe. Uh, He's got an Emmy uh, under his belt. Yeah, Livingston
1: started out as like a production manager on the very first episode of Next Generation. Wow, that's great. And then worked his way up to some other credits before finally directing. I think he only directed like two episodes of Next Generation, but... Lots of Deep Space Nine episodes, lots of Voyager episodes, lots of Enterprise episodes.
0: Yeah, he's a a living, working, you know, TV director, you know, looking at most of his stuff. It's a lot of Star Trek. You know, he's also got some credits on some other TV projects. These are the folks that make the dreams. You know, these are the folks that make the stuff that we love. So, you know, if you're at all curious about some of these writers and directors, dive in and see where their work overlaps in other properties. That's kind of what we're going to do here. You know, we mentioned uh, Ronald D. Moore and his involvement with Battlestar Galactica. He was, uh, you know, instrumental in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And he, you know, plays a role later down the line here in Enterprise. But it's fun to see these things come back around. I can't wait to, uh, to dive into more as we go along with enterprise so uh justin i know we uh i know we talked a little bit about it uh last week for those who maybe just tuned in for for this episode and didn't listen just quickly break down cinema shock for folks
1: cinema shock podcast is a podcast where we we talk about cult movies genre movies we talk about the history behind those movies we go deep deep behind the scenes heavily researched but it's me gary uh, who, who was on the show a couple weeks ago and Todd, who's, who just asked me that question. <laughs> we, we talk about if, cult if movies <laughs> and a lot of, and we talk about, and when we say cult movies, like movies, cult and genre movies is what we like to say, because we've talked about 70s Swedish exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about The Dark Knight. <laughs> So yeah, we're yeah. kind of all over the place. Uh, <laughs> we, we talk about the stories behind those movies, their legacies and all that stuff each week. And it's, uh, it's fun. They're long episodes, but they're fun and they're heavily researched, like I said. But uh, it's kind of like a movie club. Like you watch the movie, join us the next week and we'll talk about it. And, and it's kind of a full experience.
0: I gotta say, I don't know that I've ever given you proper praise for the level of research that you do on the show. Gary does a great amount as well, but I know... I know at one point you rescheduled a podcast recording because you were waiting on a book to yeah. come in the mail for a particular film that we were discussing. I was like, wow, that is, that is dedicated, man. Like, Yeah. I just ordered a sure Toby
1: Hooper see. book
0: that, yeah, that should you're be right. here
1: tomorrow. I just, I just ordered because we're doing Toby Hooper next. So I, yeah, I just ordered a, book off Amazon, all about Toby Hooper's career. So yeah, you can, you can browse Wikipedia and find some of this information, but we like to get a little bit deeper than that. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And I, and I, I know I'm, I'm dropping the, this is for folks who don't know, like I've been on Cinema Shock and the other iterations of that show for like five years now. Is that Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But most of my research has been fairly surface level. So this show is actually my first production. So I'm just learning the ropes here, much like the crew of the enterprise. So, you know, (laughs) please bear with me. I I am going to get deeper into this. I also have a full-time job and a wife and a dog and a mortgage. So (laughs) I'm going to do my best to figure out scheduling and deep dive on some more research things. I have found things, but I found that they actually relate to episodes down the line. So as we go along, we're going to get deeper into some of this. It's
1: tough on a episode by episode because like I can, yes, I can find a book that will tell me all about the making of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That movie is classic and is going on 50 years old, Right. So, but to find a deep dive into the making of episode three of star trek enterprises not, a tall or, not, not a something tall you're gonna find. not unless you got rick berman's phone number <laughs> so. not
0: yet i'm sure hey if you've got any cast or crew uh contact information that i can use to reach out to see if they'd like to come on for an interview hit me up at computer resume on all the socials i'll um, just
1: tweet at will wheaton daily
0: <laughs> will wheaton if you happen to hear this sir please You have an open invitation to come on anytime we can talk about an episode. We can just gab for an hour that'll be great the fans will love it (laughs) (laughs) oh so uh where can they find the show where they where can they uh find you on the socials
1: well you can first and foremost if you want to listen to the podcast go on spotify or apple podcast or google podcast or any of those podcast things uh we're out we're out there we're on youtube too most of the episodes They, they don't get uploaded immediately to youtube like they do in the other places but they'll they all eventually end up on our youtube channel too Uh, Or cinemashock.net, which is where all of our episodes and links to all of the places where you can subscribe to us are. Or at cinema underscore shock on Twitter and Instagram. And we're on Facebook, of course. And uh, I am at Justin underscore Bishop on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd which is awesome. where I'm probably most active.
0: Great. And I am at I Mr. A, Todd A. a Davis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm on there, too. I've I've really fallen down and keeping that thing updated. But I'm, I'm at working Mr. my way
1: through all of the James Bond movies right now.
0: I saw that you're at, are you still going or where are you? Yeah. In, watched, where are you um, in that
1: franchise? I'm on Brosnan. Nice. I watched yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies yesterday and that movie slaps. I know Golden, <laughs> Ga- awesome. Golden Eye gets all the praise. Tomorrow Never Dies it rules that, pretty hard. Uh, isn't that Michelle Yeoh.
0: With Star Trek alum
1: Michelle yep. Yeoh, of
0: course. Yeah,
1: yep. she's a badass in it too. She's, she's awesome. pretty cool. I, to be
0: honest, <laughs> to be honest, like spoiler alert, spoiler alert. spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I really dug both versions of Giorgio. Kind of wish we'd gotten to spend a little more time with her as the captain of the Shinzo. You know, seeing the mirror universe, Giorgio, was fun, but I'm not spoiling anything for you, am I?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So. All right. All
0: right. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, stop, I'll stop there. Uh, I'll stand down, from, uh, stand down from spoiler alert. Um, I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials from all of us at Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Justin, thank you so much for coming on uh, yep. twice in a row. And uh, you're going to continue watching uh, Enterprise?
1: Um, maybe. I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) again, I appreciate the honesty, sir. If I
1: mean, I will watch episodes. Will I watch every episode? I don't know. I mean, I I, you know, if you invite me back, I'll watch um any any relevant episodes.
0: There's enough best of lists out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found one on
1: Wired. I think it was on Wired today. That was like a binge watching guide like these are the must-see episodes of enterprise and so maybe i'll watch those plus any others that you ask me to come on
0: sure yeah i hear season
1: four of enterprise is really good
0: yeah i think they they embrace sort of the more serialized aspect of storytelling so they end up grouping a lot there's a lot of two-parters and 3 parters. unfortunately
1: there are 65
0: episodes to get through until then Right. <laughs> you know, we've, we've got a ways to go. Anyways, for all of us, thank you so much, and I'll see you in 10 Ford. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to Computer Resume Podcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was done by Will Martin at heyitswill.seo on Instagram. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Uh, Going through a Star Trek, we're doing <laughs> Star Trek stuff in space.
1: We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're gonna find a brand
0: new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Crewman Cutler and no- Novakovich. I'm gonna really try to stick that landing uh, <laughs> on that name throughout this episode. Crewman and Cutler. Crewman Cut. Jeez, here we go. Crewman <laughs> Cutler. That Novakovich. <laughs> And take two crewman Cutler and no- Nova Kovic. Yay! Cool.